from a price standpoint, vanilla may be great, but it may not offer the protection that you want um, or that you need really, depending on what you're doing as far as your industry. Starting or growing your business is hard work. But now you are listening to the Better Business Podcast with me, Steve Cook, and I'm going to try and make it a little easier on you. We on this podcast help you grow a better business with real advice from professionals, and today is no different. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Better Business Podcast. My guest today is a guy by the name of Brian Blakely, and he's the director of property and casualty insurance for Stonebridge Insurance that has offices located in Kearney and Lincoln, Nebraska. Brian has been in the insurance industry for almost 16 years and has owned his own agency since 2012. He and his wife, Carly, have been married for 18 years, and they have three beautiful daughters, Lily, Maisie, and Stella. Brian is also the host of a podcast called the Good Life Small Business Podcast, which is located or which highlights small business owners in Nebraska. Brian, thank you so much for being on today. I wanted to talk to you about insurance. Maybe a uh, a boring topic to some, but um, I think it is something that is one of those necessary evils in the world of business. It is something that, as we were just talking about before, that owner business owners can put on the back burner and maybe forget about. Maybe, um, you know, I'll get to that later. Tell me one of the things that you think is the most, um, you know, common misplaced or common um, misunderstood things in the business in the business world as as far as insurance goes. Yeah, you know that's a great question. I think that um, you know you're right. Insurance isn't when you're um, starting a business or running a business. Insurance is one of those things where uh, you often forget about it and hope you never have to use it, uh, but it is a necessary evil. Um, and it, you know, I think the thing that's important to remember is that, um, obviously price is a factor, um, with anyone who's running a small business or a business in general, but, um, each business is so specific, especially nowadays where there's so many things that, um, businesses can offer. You really have to make sure that you are, um, you've got a plan that is designed for your business, for what you're trying to do. Um, and I think COVID um, kind of highlighted that too, where you had small businesses that maybe weren't doing delivery before. Now they're doing delivery for food or whatever, or um, that that's the best example that I can think of right now. But um, it's really just making sure that um, you've got something that from a price standpoint works for you. But you also have to make sure from a coverage standpoint that you have, depending on what your business is, that you've got something in place that if there is a loss, um, whether it's uh, a fire or just loss of electricity where you're you're losing uh, product that you've got in a freezer or um, a theft of a retail store, you just want to make sure that you've got the proper protection in place and the proper coverage in place that um, if you need to, even if it's funds to get you through for a little while until you can get uh, back up and running, you've got that there. So it's really just a matter of sitting down, finding a trusted insurance agent that you um, can work with. Um, I recommend, um, obviously, but I recommend a local insurance agent, um, one that you can walk into their office or give them a phone call. Uh, there's a lot of options to do things online and um, 
from an ease of use that may be um, appealing to some people, but there may also be some things that get missed from a coverage standpoint. So let me ask you this, as far as, you know, what you're talking about with like a custom plan, you might have somebody that is listening to this, that is a, a one or two man shop. And you might have somebody that is listening to this that has, you know, 50 to a hundred employees. Um, is that something that let's say, uh, first off, let me clarify, is there companies that will just do like a vanilla plan, no matter, no matter what size you are, no matter what industry you're in, is that, is that such a thing? Like, that people will just kind of have a vanilla business insurance plan? Yeah. So, and I'll take a step back here. So I'm an independent agent. Um, and so I guess to give definitions, so there's captive insurance agencies and there's independent insurance agencies. So sure. a captive agency would be uh, kind of like your state farms, American family. You're only Farm selling Bureau. one brand. Right. So a, a general liability policy or a business owner's policy, that's going to kind of be your first step. So um, if you're going to, um, the city to do some work as an electrician or um, whatever it may be, they're going to say, okay, well, we want a certificate of insurance. We want to see that you've got proof of liability insurance. That way, if you were to mess up, um, then there's, you know, some coverage for them to, to get the repairs done properly. So um, that's kind of the, the first thing that you need there. And then, um, and a lot of companies will, pretty much every company is going to do a general liability policy for you. Um, depending on what work you do, um, it could be more or less. Um, now there's certain professions, uh, for instance, a roofing company or a tree trimmer, um, you know, a, a, a captive agency that may not necessarily be in their appetite where, um, getting insurance for a roofing company or a tree trimmer, as an example, that's a little bit more difficult. You usually have to go uh, to a different company for that. So those those industries aren't getting a vanilla um, type of policy. But you know, when it comes to auto, you know, business auto, whether you're doing delivery or um, you, maybe you've got a DOT where you've got a, a construction vehicle that you're driving around, a lot of companies will do those. Work comp insurance. Um, whether you're captive or independent, you're going to be able to get coverage um, if you've got a pretty general uh, business. But depending on the business, you may need to look outside of just those standard um, vanilla policies. And with a vanilla policy, if you're doing something that's a little bit unique or specific with your business, um, you may not necessarily want a vanilla policy. You're going to want someone to kind of walk through. And if, if you are doing delivery or you are doing some different things as far as, um, I don't know, maybe you are a brewer or a brewery um, that you're doing something specific or offering a specific product, then you're not going to want a vanilla, a vanilla insurance policy. You're going to want something that's specific for you. From a price standpoint, vanilla may be great, but it may not offer the protection that you want um, or that you need, really, depending on what you're doing as far as your industry. If you're offering a service that's unique um, or if you're doing something, you know, I think of like a spa. If you're doing things like waxing, if you're doing tanning, if you're doing, um, you know, a lot of the different things that they can do 
there's a little bit more liability involved if something goes wrong, especially when it comes to skincare. If you're doing things like Botox and things like that, you don't want a vanilla insurance policy. You want something that's going to be specific and give you the proper liability coverage that you need. So walk me through just like like kind of what's a thousand foot overview of a general liability that that you know kind of covers you from being sued basically and and a few other things or what does that what does that cover? Yeah, so a general liability policy. Let's say an electrician goes in and they don't wire a house properly, um, and there's a fire. Okay. Or um, if you're a lawn and landscaping company, um, or let's say you're a landscaping company and you go in and maybe you're resodding a house, but you hit the sprinkler line. Okay. And it causes, uh, let's say, it causes the foundation to start eroding or you know, what about like a restaurant? Lines. Somebody chips a tooth on something or, or whatever. Is that, that would be something general liability as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're getting um, sued for something like that, there's, you know, there's, um, it's really protecting against, it's really protecting against uh, faulty, and I don't want to say faulty, but things happen. I mean, Accidents. you know, yeah. Okay. It, it, you know, a, a landscaping company is not going to try to cut your sprinkler line, but things happen. And sure. so that's basically what it is. And especially if you're a bigger business and you've got employees, um, you know, you can't be there all the time, maybe. And so the general liability policy mm -hmm. is if something happens, it's you're not having to pay money out of pocket to fix this sprinkler line and maybe some foundation work. Um, you can turn to your insurance policy and it gives you some coverage so that you uh, can make things right with your client. Yeah. and um, have the insurance company come in to help you out, get them reimbursed, and so you can move on and worry about other stuff. What do you think is the biggest um, miss by small business owners that have, let's say, just a general liability um, coverage? What is something that is is maybe basic or maybe not basic that they could add to really cover themselves? And I know it depends on the industry, but what's something that you see that you're like, and if they only knew what they're, you know, what they're um, susceptible to. Yeah, um, I think from a coverage standpoint, um, to answer that question, I would say it's probably like if I see someone that maybe has an older insurance policy that only has 500000 for liability, um, pretty much the going rate starting out anymore is a million dollars for liability coverage. Wow. And it's, um, and why is that? What can happen? That's a million dollars. I mean, I know a, a slew of things, but what, what's kind of the most common things that could happen? Um, well, if there would be, you know, with the electrician example, if that house would burn to the ground. Okay. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, something were to happen there, um, you know, worst case scenario and, would be, you know, the event of a death if something were to happen. Uh, maybe somebody comes in and, um, whether you know, it be in an employee or a customer or whatever, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, like if the gas company would come in and do the work, and then it turns out there's a gas leak, and and uh, you know, there's a death that way. I mean, stranger okay. things have happened as far as that goes. But and is that is that something that can just be added on to a vanilla policy, or does this all have to come from? from someone that would customize a plan individually? A vanilla policy should, I mean, it, like even if you would go online, you could you could choose your liability limit. I would 100% every single day suggest that you start with a million dollar liability, but okay. um, you can go higher if you need to, depending on what you're doing. But I mean, a, a vanilla policy should include 
a million dollars of liability coverage. And the reason I say that is the difference of half a million and a million dollars is minuscule when it comes to the, you know, doubling your coverage in the event something would happen. It's maybe a dollar, two dollars a day, uh, depending oh, wow. on the company. It's it's <laughs> not that much. And so it could keep you from being bankrupt and absolutely and, uh, destroying your absolutely. business. Yeah. Yeah. So walk me through, walk me through maybe a few things that a a business owner could look for. The the number one thing that they should look for, even if they just have a general liability, would be the amount that is covered under that. What would be a couple other things for them to look for and just say, hey, you need to make sure you at least have this? Sure. Um, So if you have employees, if you have W-2 employees that you're paying, you're going to have to get a work comp policy. The first time that you cut a check, if you don't have a policy enforced, you're going to get a letter from your state that says, uh, congratulations on your business. Glad you have employees. We need proof of your work comp policy. And work comp is, is short for workers' compensation. And it basically, if an employee were to be injured um, while at work, it is going to pay a portion of their salary. So okay. um, while they're recovering, um, they are able to get paid. Um, you know, if they're injured while they're at work. And um, that's the work, law, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You need to have a work comp, work comp policy enforced. Yeah. And it, um, I mean, you can, uh, from a tax, and I'm not going to get into the tax side, like if you're doing a 1099 or whatever, but if you've got W-2 oh. employees that you're paying, you're going to want to do it. Um, you're going to want to have a work comp policy and the state's going to, um, at least in Nebraska, I know I can't say for other states, but in Nebraska, um, I had to get a work comp policy in force, you know, uh, for, you know, the employees that I had. But um, and, you know, depending on what you do, again, where I'm in an office setting and the employees that I have, uh, the the chances that we're going to get injured in this office um, are pretty low. And so a work comp policy for an office. Um, and whether it be medical office, dental office, um, you know, insurance office, it's not going to be that bad. If you're doing a work comp policy for a tree trimmer or a construction worker or an electrician, things like that, uh, it's going to be a lot more. It's it, it's uh, the work comp is based on the type of work that you do, and it's based on what your payroll is going to be. Um, now, typically, if you're a business owner, you would exclude yourself from the work comp policy because you're more worried about your employees and making sure that if they get injured, then they can get paid. And so what you're taking into account is your employees payroll. So if you're paying someone a hundred thousand dollars or all your employees together, you're paying them a hundred thousand dollars annual salary and you are a tree trimmer, your, your work comp is going to be pretty high. Sure. Uh, If it's an office setting like I've got, it's going to be based on payroll on that. Uh, it's not going to be near as much as what it would be. So those are the two main factors, what you're paying, you know, how many full-time and part-time employees you have, what your total salary is, and then the work that you do is what's going to be factored into the work comp policy. Um, you know, commercial auto policies, uh, business auto, um, again, million-dollar um liability protection on a business auto policy is pretty much the standard rate. At least I think that it should be, um, especially business vehicles. Uh, you know, you get into an accident and if there's an injury there, 
probably even more likely for something like that to happen on the auto side um, with vehicles traveling um, for there to be an accident where there's an injury or death. Um, you're going to want to make sure that you have the proper protection there um, as far as the uh, commercial auto side. The one thing that, too, um, that has gotten to be a lot bigger in the last probably, I'd say, three to five years is cyber liability insurance. Um, and that is, it's just becoming a large, or it's a bigger deal all the time. And I mean, you see... Take a step back too, and and maybe just kind of explain what what a cyber you know what what can happen yeah. on a cyber yeah. a cyber attack. Sure. So, um, and I'll take a step back too and say you know you're talking about a vanilla policy. A lot of companies have implemented cyber liability coverage in their you know general like a business owner's policy, but okay. they're usually only giving you maybe twenty five to fifty thousand unless you select a higher amount, um, and people think oh that that will be plenty. Uh, but it really, it isn't. Um, so what a cyber liability policy is, so let's say, for instance, you've got a breach um, where um, something happens with an email and an email goes out to all of your clients with a link. And if they click on it, they're you know going to be getting infected. But um, if you've got a breach in your system where you something has happened or even ransomware where they're trying to have you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars so that you can get back up and running. They hold your um, QuickBooks hostage or, or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, so essentially what happens is if you've got a cyber liability policy in place and you know, you can choose different coverage amounts there. Let's say we choose a million dollar cyber liability policy for coverage, depending on the business, for instance. So they're going to bring in, um, I can't think of the term right now, but they're going to bring someone in kind of a CSI type person who's going to go in there. They're going to figure out where the breach is. They're going to do their best to make sure that they get your system cleaned up and that they get you um, from an internal standpoint in your business, wherever that came from, they're going to get things cleaned up for you. First off, you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about the ransom like you're talking about? So, so there's a few different things that could happen. Somebody could hack your system and play as if they are you and, and get, you know, sensitive information from your customers or whatever. Then there's another facet that we've heard with the target, you know, scandal or whatever you want to call it, things like that, yeah. where they actually steal information from you, which, you know, for a lot of credit card processors, they, they don't want you, you know, hosting card numbers or anything like that. That should be, mm -hmm. you know, but it can happen. And then yeah. the third one is the ransom, you know, where they hack into your system and they say, Hey, I'm going to delete all this information. If you don't, um, you know, pay me in that case, the final case, let's say the ransom would insurance cover that. Say they say, you know, Hey, pay me a hundred thousand dollars to get your stuff back. I mean, would an insurance company just pay that or how does that, how does that work? You're going to want to look at your policy specifically and see, um, I believe on most cyber liability that that is an option, but you're going to want to look at that specifically. I mean, there's so many more. Um, Would you recommend so getting insurance on that or just setting up a better system where you don't have to worry about that? You know, what would be the better, the better option as far as that goes? You know, you want to make sure that you set up a system that is secure as possible. Uh, but you also, I mean, taking out a cyber liability policy, because the other thing about it is, is when there's a breach, like for instance, if, if 
uh, here on the wealth management side, we've got to let all of our clients know that something happened. Wow. And so whether they're here in Nebraska or all over the country, um, we have to let them know that there's been a breach and that's what's going to happen with any business. And so however you decide to do that, if you're going to, um, so the embarrassment is some of the, some of the downfall from that. Is that what you're kind of getting to at? Probably the most, uh, the embarrassment and the, the trust that you lost. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to get that back. And so you've got to send a letter out to everyone. There's expense with that. You know, you're mailing however, depending on how many clients you have, you've got to mail out those letters. You've got to notify them somehow. The other thing is, um, so what are you going to do to start to get that good faith back? Um, I know that um, with some of the breaches that have happened, you've got some of the bigger corporations that are going to say, hey, we don't know if you were compromised or not. But what we're going to do is we're going to give you one year free of credit monitoring and we're going to pay for it. Okay, so. Your cyber liability policy can help out with that where you say, okay, we're sorry this happened. But when you send out that letter, you can say, you know, go to this website. We're going to give you whatever Experian credit monitoring one year for free as kind of a show of good faith Wow. Um, from there. But that's kind of the, um, th there's going to be some damage control that you have to, um, you know, you just got to go through. Uh, it's not going to be fun, but um, you know. If <laughs> but you've if got you have legal insurance coverage, that kind of helps at least the financial pain of of all of this. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's there for. I mean, um, it's going to pay for the mailing if you decide to do something for your clients where you're, um, you know, you're doing something for them as far as, like I said, credit monitoring for a year. Well, that's a cost to you if you've sure. got you know, a thousand clients or 5,000 clients or whatever it may be. And it, you know, it costs you $10, $20 per person to do that, but that's what you want to do. Well, there's a huge expense in that. And the, the, the biggest part of, you know, when you hear about Target or, um, I think it was Fannie Mae, I, you I know, there remember. was, I was, there's yeah. been a couple other big ones. Yeah. And I want to say there was one of the, like maybe Lowe's or Home Depot or something. I thought maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but obviously anyways. they're going to be targets for, um, because of the volume and the money that they have and what, you know, someone could possibly get, of course they're going to be targets. But the thing that you have to keep in mind is, uh, a small business owner that has to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to bring people in to get their system cleaned up, to send out the appropriate information that they need to send out to their clients to let them know what happened hundreds of thousands of dollars to a small business owner will cripple can be them. crippling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not something that likely they can recover from. So, so if I had to hold your feet to the fire and say, what's a, what's an amount that you think is adequate for the majority of small to medium sized businesses, what is an amount that's adequate for cybersecurity policy? If they said, Hey, I want to see my policy to their agent or whatever it might be. What would you say that yeah. is? Um, I would say starting out, um, I still think a million dollars. If a million dollar policy is too much, at least go with five hundred thousand um, for that. Depending on the volume I mean, that you're doing. Yeah, and again, depending on your business, what you do, um, that's going to vary there too because of you know what you're going to have to do. Um, True. You know, a, a medical office. Um, there's going to be certain fines um, with when it comes to a breach of records that 
other businesses aren't going to have to deal with. And so, gotcha. um, you know, it's going to cost more to, um, it's going to cost more to have that type of plan. So, and I mean, you're looking at a cyber liability policy is probably going to start out at, you know, seven, $800 a year, uh, depending on the company. And then it's just going to go up from there. I mean, you could be paying up to 1500 to $2,000 a year, but again, if you're a small business owner, if you can work that into the budget, and if you're taking debit card information, if you're taking social security numbers, if you're taking birth dates, all that good stuff, if you're gathering email addresses, do email marketing and things like that, it's just that, something that, that you need to be aware of. Yeah. 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 It's huge. So in the insurance world, we kind of think about it in, in three different aspects. We've talked a lot about accidents and, and things that can happen with the general liability. We've talked about theft and one of the main things, um, you know, with that is a cyber theft. Um, talk to me about losses. Um, what, what things can happen? I think that's where a lot of people think about their insurance policy is when their house or business floods or they get hailed on or something like that, you know, or a tree yeah. falls on their falls on the roof or whatever it might be. Talk to me about losses. Is there things that you think, uh, could be low hanging fruits that people could look for that, that are just kind of, um, common sense things to have on your policy? You know, um, Again, that really comes down to the business. When it comes to safety, you know, if you've got employees, obviously doing your best um, around the business first off to make sure that you've got um, everything safe, that there's not any hazards. Obviously, if you're doing a restaurant and you're working with knives and things like that, something can happen every day. But you just want to make sure that the, the area around is safe for both um, your employees and obviously for clients. Um, if you've got a busted up sidewalk out front of your business or any other hazards that, you know, may harm a client or whatever it may be. You want to make sure that you get those cleaned up. Um, that's just kind of common housekeeping things. But, um, is there a sort of, uh, when I think about losses, I think about, um, we've had, we've had trucks that have gotten stolen before and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, talk to me about that. Is there, is there things that you've heard, um, act of God, you know, areas. And then there's also like some things that could make you more of a at risk to an insurance agency. Is there, is there a difference there between, um, claiming a loss, um, as far as something that got stolen versus something that was an act of God or whatever? As far as how it looks on your insurance policy or just kind of uh -huh. how the claim is filed. Yeah. So, you know, a hailstorm is going to look, you know, if you have a vehicle that gets hailed out, um, from an act of God, that's going to be different then, uh, you know, if you've got a bunch of trucks and some thieves come in the night and they steal, uh, your catalytic converter off the, off the vehicle. Literally just happened to us twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, so it's a totally different, that makes you look riskier to an insurance company. Is that, that's where you say my insurance went up or whatever is when something like that happens. Well, and I, not riskier, I wouldn't necessarily say, but it's going to look different on a claim. I mean, and, from the other standpoint, it's like, okay, so what does your security system look like around? Because uh, it's it's actually something that happened to a business here too. Well, what does your security system look like if you have vehicles that are sitting out um, as opposed to are you keeping all your vehicles inside? So what's your security system look like? Do you have something that's up? How easy was it for these, um, for the people to come? Now, again, that's, it's terrible that someone would come and do that. And 
for a business to have to put new catalytic converters on all their vehicles and the the downtime for their vehicles and the expense and all that stuff. Um, you know, a work comp claim is something that you really want to keep buttoned up as much as possible. Um, you're going to get a work comp mod and I'm not going to go into it because it's boring, but essentially the more claims that you have when it comes to your work comp policy, um, the higher that your rate is going to be, the higher your mod is, the higher your rate's going to be. And that's, that's very basic and simplistic, but, um, your work comp policy, um, can, I mean, it can take a while to get that back in check if you have two or three or four work comp claims because of um, things that have happened throughout the year. And so is that the same on on theft and stuff like that that we were talking about? Can that that affect it in that way as well? It can, yeah. Obviously not not a work comp policy, but I mean, it can affect your policy. If you've got, I mean, we in the industry, we have, when it comes to the business side, we if you're running a quote or trying to find a new insurance carrier, you're going to have to turn in what we call loss runs. And that's basically just your loss history for the last three to five years. Okay. And so that's how they kind of keep track of, of that. Yeah. So if you're going with a different company, whether it's work comp claims or other claims that you've had, whether it's on the auto side, general liability, your business owners, um, you're going to have to, you know, the, agent that you're getting a quote from, they'll ask for your loss runs. And so your loss runs are basically just, you know, any losses you've had in the last five years. So they're going to take a look at that. If you've had five losses in the last three years, that's not going to look great, no matter what they are. Um, So, so tell me about the other end of the spectrum, um, things that you'd spoke on, on hail or a flood or something like that. Is that something that um, would not go on that lost record or, or that does as well. So from a flood standpoint, the true definition of a flood, if you, if you're in an area that is prone to flooding, you're going to need a flood insurance policy. And that, so that's specific. No, um, no homeowners policy on the personal side, but a business policy is not going to give you flood coverage. You've got to purchase a a separate flood policy for a loss there. So that's going to be, you know, you could have a flood in your building. If you don't have flood coverage, it's not going to affect you on your your business owner's package because it's it's not going to be covered. Um, so that's going to be separate there. But, you know, a comprehensive loss is going to look different on an auto policy than it is an at-fault accident. Um, it's You still may get surcharged when your renewal comes up because of the comprehensive loss, but you're not going to get surcharged as much as you would for an at-fault accident. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So it's not, they're, they're just looking to see what was your fault and what wasn't. Yeah. Okay. And the the one thing I wanted to say too, was from a work comp standpoint, um, if you've got a bigger business or even if you're starting out just to get it done first, having a safety procedure or a safety manual, as far as how you do things, um, that can be very important. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, One of the questions that when I'm filling out forms, one of the questions um, that I always have to ask or turn in is, is is there a safety procedure or a safety manual in place? Um, Some businesses do, some businesses don't, but, and that just gives your employees something to go off of too. Like, this is how we do things. This is how we stay safe. If this comes up, this is how we handle it. So it, it, 
it uh, cleans things up and makes it easier for the employees, but it also gives the employer something to fall back on. Um, it's just, it's just a good thing to have. Gotcha. That's interesting. So as far as what someone should, you know, maybe start or stop doing in their business right now, what's, what's kind of your overall to, to kind of encompass this all in one nice, neat package. What's, what's something that, um, somebody should do? Um, maybe they're, they're stuck on their insurance policy or they're just starting out and it's overwhelming for them. Um, what's something that somebody could do to, um, I, I usually say to better their business, but you know, to better protect their business, I guess you could say to package it all together. What would you say? Um, so for someone that's just starting out, uh, we can start there. Um, so, you know, you may not be, if you're starting, like if you're opening a restaurant and maybe you don't have any necessarily restaurant experience where you're leaving a nine to five and this is a dream that you've always had. That's awesome that you want to do it. You just have to know that it may be a little bit more difficult to get, um, a business policy in place. Um, at least initially, usually what companies like to see is they like to see that you have, you know, usually around three years where you've operated your business. You don't have a ton of claims, haven't had a bunch of fires or things like that. And, um, you know, you can operate your business. Uh, you've been going at it for three years. That's kind of the breaking point. It seems like where maybe you can start to have a little bit better coverage. So going into it, knowing that you may not have as many options as you would hope for, at least initially, um, but finding an independent agent, but more importantly, find an agent that you can trust. Someone that you can walk into their business and say, this is what I want to do. Here's what I want. Here's what my budget looks like. Can you help me? Um, and going in and talking to someone who knows what they're doing, let them take that burden off your shoulders. If you're starting a business, if you're having to do things like build out and um, ordering product and, you know, design and getting signage in and all that good stuff. You've got enough to worry about. So, um, like I said before, I know that it can be appealing to go online and just get your own policy and be done with it, but go find someone that's local that can take that burden off your back that, um, that you trust and that can go to work for you. Um, and then that way you just don't have to worry about it. You just have to review it and make sure you've got the proper coverage in place. Sometimes, depending on what business that you are um, opening, there may be an agency or an agent that kind of has a niche with that um, particular business. Um, for instance, um, a brewery, or uh, maybe there is a, an agent in your area that all they do is they work with roofing contractors. And so if you're gonna be a roofer, if you're gonna start your own roofing company, um, do a little bit of research and see if you've got someone in your area that that's specifically what they do. Because uh, they're going to have the knowledge and an agent that really kind of focuses on one thing, um, they're going to have a lot of knowledge that's going to be able to help you out as far as that goes. They'll know the things um, to watch out for that you need to watch out for and and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's different when you're starting out as opposed to, you know, when you're an established business, again, Maybe you're bringing on employees, so now you've got to learn the world of work comp insurance and how that works and how it can change from year to year. Um, you know, from a from a business owner standpoint, work comp is you know if you say your payroll is a hundred thousand one year, well that's the premium that you're going to pay that year. 
And if you had an outstanding year and you had to bring on four new employees, so payroll went from 100 to 200,000. Well, the thing that they, and there's ways that you can go where you can make it more of a, a, a consistent basis. But if you have a great year and payroll was twice what you thought it was going to be, well, you're going to be paying for that next year. And so that can be kind of sticker shock when it comes to a work comp policy. So bringing on employees, um, that's something to be aware of. Again, we've talked about cyber liability policy. If you're taking payments, if you're gathering email addresses, um, if you're gathering sensitive information, that's really something that if you haven't thought about, the $50,000 that may be on your current policy right now, if it's a newer policy and if it's something that hasn't been added, but that 50,000, if you've got a lot of clients, it's it's just not going to go very far. And so that's um, that's something that I think um, new business, growing business or established business really needs to take a look at as a cyber liability policy. And then obviously, again, like we talked about, if you start adding different products or different services that you provide, doing delivery, things like that. And, you know, the insurance industry was, um, I feel like a lot of times they are slow to come around to adapt. When the pandemic hit, a lot of insurance companies, especially on the commercial side, if they had businesses that were going to start delivering that had never done that before, they were willing to work with them and they were willing to help those small businesses keep going. So. I commend the industry for that. But those are types of things where if you've never delivered before and you're going to start delivering, you need to get a hold of your insurance agent because that's an exposure that you need to be aware of and how you're going to handle that. So um, I would say, like I said, get a local agent, but keep on a consistent basis where you sit down with them, whether it's quarterly, you know, semi-annual, annually, um, and just sit down and do a review of your policy and make sure that you're keeping up on um, what your business is doing, what may have changed. Um, just keeping in that contact is going to make it a lot easier for your agent and for yourself. Those are some pretty common, common sense and, and practical things to look for and, and give somebody, I think sometimes with, with topics as large as insurance, it's overwhelming, you know, Googling, what should I look for in an insurance policy can, you know, yield right. you almost make you lose sleep over, over the things that you need and, and don't need. So I appreciate you giving us some, some practical, you know, things to look for in our policies. Um, yeah. Brian, thanks so much for being on, man. If you want to, uh, hear more from Brian, you can find him on his uh, podcast, the good life, small business podcast, or you can Google Stonebridge insurance. Um, and he is in Nebraska and, and, uh, covers all, all different facets of the industry as far as insurance and even wealth management, uh, there in Nebraska. So thank you so much for being on Brian. Thanks Steve. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the better business podcast with me, your host, Steve Cook. You know, starting or growing a business is hard work. So I hope that today's advice made it just a little bit easier for you. We'll be sharing more about this exact topic all this week on my social platforms. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, or if you would like to get a, a personalized blog post from me on this topic, you can join my email list and I will send you an email once a week. You can check the show notes to subscribe to that or find me on my website, whatever's easier for you. Now get out there and go grow a better business with this advice from today's Real Pros. Thank you for listening.